Hallelujah. You are so amazing. Uh, what a, a prince of preachers you've got here as your bishop. And I thank God for him. I love uh, Brother and Sister Wilson. I love uh, Brother and Sister Carson. And my mother, mother-in-law, love her. And my wife, too, just to make sure I get fed tomorrow. I do love her. She's a wonderful lady of God, and you said it right. She really is true blue, far more than I am, I think. But I'm so glad to be here. I love this church. This church is amazing, and I can see growth and maturity numerically and, and maturity-wise here when I look out. There's something wonderful happening in this part of the country, and I know it's because you've been praying and believing God, and you've been loyal to your leadership. Amen. That's so important. Well, I'm going to try to minister uh, uh, what I don't know, but I'm going to try to minister something here. Uh, Let's go to Romans chapter 12 and start, start there. If you have your Bibles, Romans chapter 12. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given to me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith, for as we have many members in one body, and all the members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. I just want to talk to you about acceptability, and I'm going to pray and ask God to give me words that will help somebody here tonight. I'm going to ask you to pray with me. Father God, I know that you love everybody that is here in this room far more than any one of us could love any one of us or any of us could love ourselves. And I pray, God, right now that you'll touch every heart and mind that's in this room right now. Give us something from heaven that will make the difference between speaking and preaching. In the wonderful name of the Lord, let your word come. And let your word be effective in our hearts and minds. In Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. At first glance, this scripture presents just a little bit of a problem in my mind. And that is that we are to present ourselves holy and acceptable unto God as being our reasonable service. And then... When you consider how powerful such a presentation would be that you, by the mercies of God, would present yourself to God, you, me, presenting ourselves to God as a living sacrifice, presenting ourselves as holy, as acceptable. 
And then with such a high uh, definition of being for the purpose of presenting, that we are then encouraged not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think, but to think soberly. In other words, think realistically. In other words, basically just think. Because our world's not doing a whole lot of thinking these days. And then, then we go back again to what seems absolutely impossible, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. And then it goes on to say that we are the body of Christ. Now, I don't know how high that is in your mind, but being part of the body of Jesus Christ is about as high as I can imagine a human being to be. And I want to talk to you a little bit about what the world, under the auspices of the accuser of the brethren, would do if they could. I don't believe they're going to be successful, but I believe they would if they could to lower the image that man has relative to his being to that of a mere animal sprung forth somehow by trillions and trillions and trillions of miracles of beneficial evolutionary accidents that somehow produce something better, less than... Uh, reason would allow or thinking would allow. We do have an accuser. And he accuses day and night and one of the people that he accuses you to the most is yourself. He accuses me most to myself. Because he knows as well as anyone else that has ever studied human nature knows that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And if he can get you to think you're defiled, then you are going to walk and live on that level. But Paul says, I beseech you by the mercies of God to present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. That's your reasonable service, and that's an obligation, not just a suggestion, but a command. That we are to see ourselves as worthy by the mercies of God to present ourselves to him. Made worthy by the blood of Jesus. Made worthy by washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Made worthy by being a, made, a new creature in Christ Jesus, created in Christ Jesus under good works as God's workmanship and so on. I know, I, I know that it's easy to look at things that have happened in our lives and feel like that they mark us as incomplete or inadequate or fallen beneath some kind of a standard of humanity, but I want to tell you that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing our trespasses unto us. And I would go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, if you would turn there with me for just a moment, and read that scripture. 
hope, I hope you'll bear with me here today. I, I feel a passion in my heart right now that we're about to move into something that has never been before because we're going to be seeing ourselves like we've never seen ourselves before. And we're going to step up to the plate of what God says we are rather than what we've said we are and what other people have said we are and what religion said we are. We're going to step up to the plate of what God says and let God be true and every man a liar and every devil a liar and everything that accuses the people of God to be a lie. You see, what I'm saying, that in a little town in Bethlehem, we may say, well, I, I don't know how end-time revival is going to spring out of here, and I'm not so sure what we can do. We probably nearly half the people in this community know about this church, know what we stand for, and so on. But I want to share with you that a belief, a belief that I've got that end-time revival has got to start somewhere, and it really doesn't matter where it starts. Once the forest is ablaze, it doesn't matter where the first spark was. This thing's about to, this thing's about to blow sky high and revival, end time revival's got to start somewhere. Why not with you? Why not somebody in this room being set afire with a blaze of passion, of recognition? I was not made for low living. I was not born again to be in the ditches and in the drudgery of life and just go through life in mediocre fashion. I was made as a son of God, a child of God, to function as the body of Jesus Christ, whose power is such that even the hem of his garment is affected by his person to the healing of a disease. Chapter 4, verse 1 Wherefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth. And it goes on, talks about the fact that if our gospel is hid, it's hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the mind. They're lost because they don't think right. They're right because they don't, they're, they're, they're lost because they don't see themselves right. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who's the image of God, should shine unto them to show them that he was the firstborn among many brethren and that he was the beginning of what God was going to do in many people. He was the beginning of what you and I are the part of. Then he goes on to talk about the fact we're troubled on many sides and so on and Yet we're not in distress and that even though uh, death works in our body, so there's a life that works in us. <clears throat> and he goes on, talks about this for the rest of the chapter and, the, and, the, and, and through the next chapter. And he's talking about how magnificent and wonderful this glorious gospel is and that it's got power and it's miraculous in nature. What you got is really miraculous in nature. And I know sometimes we start thinking in terms of the miraculous being this particular eye being open that was blind or this particular soul being saved that, that, that uh, would otherwise have been lost. And that's all miraculous. But I want you to know that right now in your body, there's over 25 trillion cells that are operating at full capacity right now as a miracle, ongoing miracle of God that science cannot explain nor reproduce. They can't do it after... 
since 1956, I think it is, they've been doing their best to make a single living cell, and that is by intelligent design. They're trying to do that, and they can't accomplish it. They can't even get to the first pace. They can't even get the first of five elements that are needed to make this happen. I'm telling you, it's going on in your body right now. There's life of God in every one of your cells right now. There are 25 trillion miracles in that bag of skin that you call your body. I'm telling you, God is in this room in a miraculous fashion and everything that you hear and understand and can comprehend and process the mental transactions that are taking place in your mind right now is by the miracle of God. And this whole thing's about the fact that we were made to be something magnificently wonderful and far more glorious than what we suppose ourselves to be. And here's the key verse that I think in chapter 5 really nails it home for me. It says in verse 16, Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Listen to this. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature... Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God. Everything. Everything is of God when you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. We may not understand it. We need to do as Colossians were exhorted to do by the Apostle Paul to find comfort that our hearts can be knit together in the comfort of this understanding to the acknowledging of the mysteries of God, that this thing is just mysterious. We don't understand it. How can this be? How can all these wonderful things that you behold, the intricacy of the universe, and then going inward to the complexity of even an atom and the ongoing function of that, how can these things be? We need to just say it's the mystery of God. And you know what? If a human being answers honestly the question why, this is the situation. Why is it? Well, well, that's because such and such. But, well, why is that? And then you keep on asking that question, why? You know what we eventually get to, no matter who the man is, no matter how many credentials he's got, no matter what academy he graduated from, it doesn't matter. He'll always get to the same answer, and that's, I don't know. It's a mystery. We need to acknowledge we don't have to understand. All we got to do is experience it and participate in it. This thing is real. This thing's powerful. Transform lives in this room. Say, this thing is amazing. That what you never could do by your own ability, what psychologists could never guide you through, what no amount of human ingenuity could ever frame or reference even, let alone reproduce. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus, and everything is of God. I dare say there's nothing right now that's in addition to God in this entire universe. Nothing is in addition to God. We may not understand it, but the Bible said all things are of God. Once you're a new creature, you begin to understand this. Everything's of God. Why not me? Why not me fulfilling God's will just like the sun and the moon and the stars and everything else and the wind fulfilling the will of God? Why not me just simply saying I'm here to do the will of God and it's God who works in me to will and do of his good pleasure. Listen to this now. Listen to this now. 
all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Christ Jesus and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation to know that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Not with intentions of reconciling the world. He was reconciling the world to himself by Christ Jesus and hath committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. And he's speaking and preaching to people that are saints. He said, we beseech you, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. And this is an amazing statement here. For God has made Jesus to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. The raw material of God's light is darkness. God commanded the light to shine out of darkness. The lie of the devil is that there are shades of gray between darkness and light. It's not true. Because if there are, then people could judge one another, but it's just very simple. It's either dark or it's light. It's either black or it's white. It's absolute. It's sin or it's God's righteousness. There's nothing in between. Why don't we just step into the reality that we can't judge anybody because God has reconciled the world to himself because this God does not look at what people see themselves as. They do, and hence the sin. The reason people sin is because they see themselves separated from God. But that's not how God sees them. Because if God saw them that way, they could not come to him. Think about it now. I'm going to come to God. I see myself as a sinner. God said, I sent my son and I sacrificed my son to make you my son, to make you the child of God. We come to him in contradiction to him, and he would not support that. He's not going to add his witness to our contradiction of him. We have to come with faith in the blood of Jesus Christ that God's son, Christ Jesus, has caused us to be reconciled to God so that we can be in line with what God sees and not what Satan says that has convinced us and persuaded us to what we see relative to ourselves. I say this because I believe that great end-time revival is going to come in this way. This threefold witness, this God that makes a universe out of nothing, that said, I can do what I want. I, I'm in Christ reconciling the world unto myself. Now, did he do it or didn't he? Did Jesus pay the price? Was his blood shed for just a percentage of people or was it shed for every single individual? If his blood has been shed for every single individual, then everybody that's out there is an object of God's love, amazing love. Right now, God does not see them as they see themselves. Now, there come a day when he will allow their view of themselves to become their eternal reality, but right now, that's not the case. 
right now, God says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He's able to save to the uttermost anybody that will come unto God by him. They don't have to fix themselves. They don't have to change themselves. All they got to do is step out of the view they have of themselves and step into God's view of them and say, God loves me just as I am. I can present myself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Because God makes us accepted in the beloved. Now, listen, my friends, I know, I know that we have this tendency to want to make sure that we're doing right and we'll make sure we got the T's crossed and the I's dotted, but every one of us are saved right now, not because of what we've done, not because we have our own righteousness. We're saved because God has imputed his righteousness unto us, that God reconciled the world to himself, not imputing their sins to them. That's how they were reconciled because God didn't impute his, their sins to him. That's why you're in the house of God today because God has not imputed the little things that you've done that make you transgressors. And if we sin in one area, we're guilty of all. But God knows our hearts and God wants us and loves us and he causes us to be accepted in the beloved and forgives us our transgressions. Somebody worship the Lord with Listen, let's worship the Lord lifting up holy hands, saying, God is true, and all of my history is a lie. Everything's a lie except that God is true, and what he said about me is what's right. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I didn't mean to get this animated. I thought I'd just come up here and talk just a little bit, but I'm telling you, the thing gets a hold of me because I see that this is the problem. We, we have a threefold witness that's needed that first witness is God. God says, they are mine. I'm not imputing their sin to them. I'm not considering their sin. I'm calling those things that be not as though they are. I'm calling them my children. And that opens the door because that's the truth. Because God's the one that says it and God's the one that sees it for the time being. And then, of course... The sinner has to feel that way and say that too. The sinner has to agree with God. If God's reconciled the sinner to himself, the sinner has to say, I don't belong to this sin. I am above this sin. If he's one with the sin, how do you bring sin to God? No, he's not one with, you know as well as I do that the only reason that you can feel conviction when the word of God is preached, you know like I do that the reason we hurt inside when we realize we've done wrong is because what we're doing doesn't match what we know we really are. That's how we repent. We repent of being what we're really not. We say, no, that's not what I want. That's not what I am. I'm coming to the house of God, and anybody can do that here in this room tonight. Say, no, I don't want to live that way. I don't belong to that lifestyle. I've been reconciled to God. So that person that's sinning has to agree with God. But there's an important and critical second witness that needs to be in this picture, and that is the church of Jesus Christ. Because in John, Jesus said to his disciples, as he showed them his hands, and he said, here's my scars. I got the authority to say this to you. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Peace be to you. 
As my Father hath sent me, so send I you. People are going to wound you. People are going to hurt you. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to wound yourself. But as my Father has sent me, so send I you. Peace be to you. And he breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whoever sins you remit, they are remitted to them. Whoever sins you retain, they are retained. How much do you believe the blood that I've shed out of my hands, out of my side? How much do you believe that? Do you believe he's able to save to the uttermost? Do you see the person that's out there as being a devil? Or do you see that person as being a son of God that's lost their way? The church has the power to bind and to loose. God's given us that power as another witness that will overwhelm the resistance. If we will love people, if we will accept them and say, you don't belong in this, and we will admire them out, when you look at somebody, you look at the workmanship of God, you look at a unique person made in the image of God as a facet of the, uh, of the light of God, as one color in the full spectrum of millions of colors of the light that God is, when you see him and say, you belong to God, you agree with God, and you give that sinner something to agree with on the earthly level. I believe we can change this world one soul at a time. I believe if you begin to realize this, you say, I'm, I've been made in the image of God. I belong way up here. It's going to affect the way you treat your car. It's going to affect the way you treat your companion. It's going to affect the way you treat yourself. It's going to, there's going to be an increase and an improvement of your living. It'll be dignified by the understanding that you were dignified by the call of God that said, come unto me. I have paid the price. I'm not imputing your sins to you. You come to me, leave your sins, forsake them, come to me, and I'll wash you from your sin. I don't want, as an apostolic, to stand in the way of that person hearing that voice and coming to God. I want to say, hey, come right on. I agree with God. You're a wonderful person. God's called you. You're far above the sin that you're involved in. Somebody stand with me, and we're going to present ourselves tonight. We're going to give an altar call. This is a different kind of altar call. This is going to be a different kind of altar call here tonight. Instead of asking for sinners to come here, we're going to ask for people that know that God is true, that he loved you so much that you may have felt God even this week. You may have felt, felt God today, but you believe that the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared. Where sin does abound, grace does much more abound. The Bible said if you sin in one thing, you're guilty of all of it. So why don't we all just get to the extremes we belong to? First of all, we need to realize we're all sin. And that we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Next we need, next we need to say, yes, that's true. But that's not where I belong. This is where I belong. This is where God's put me. Somebody's presenting yourself right now. Say, I'm, I'm bringing myself to the altar as having been washed by the blood of the Lord. As, as being right now made clean in his sight by his word and by the word of his church. And we're going to love one another, sustain one another, believe in one another, build one another. And it's going to open the door instead of blocking the way for sinners to come. Thank you, Lord. Oh, let's accept that word tonight. It's ours tonight. It's ours tonight. Oh, yes, we're new creatures in Christ Jesus. Oh, a new creature, a new creature. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. It's, it's all of God, and it's all in Him. Yes, 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 yes. 
Yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah. It's time to renew your acquaintance with him. Realize who you are tonight. Sinners, you can come to God and accept him and believe him. Repent of your sins. Be baptized in Jesus' name. Fill with the Holy Ghost. Begin to be that new creature in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. you look at somebody and say you're somebody because of him look at somebody now look back at him say I'm somebody because of him aren't you glad you know him aren't you glad you know him aren't you glad you know him oh yes oh yes oh yes oh yes oh yes enjoy this good word tonight praise God Amen. Bless your heart. Be safe in Jesus' name. Keep praying. Keep believing. Bring somebody Sunday and see what God's going to do for them. Revival is ours. Everybody say it's ours. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.